Thank you for listening to the Cathedral Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. Well, good morning, Cathedral. Once again, it's really good to be with you. We do pray that your family is remaining safe and healthy. And once again, let me encourage everyone to use wisdom as we reopen the community. We're all anxious to get back to work and get back to socializing, but we have to do this in a responsible manner. So let me encourage you to use wisdom, stay safe, and let's stay healthy. As you know, this last Tuesday afternoon and then again Wednesday morning, a storm came through that did a lot of damage to our area. And here at Cathedral, we did experience some damage to our lighting system. And for that reason, we're needing to go back into the archives and pull out a message that I believe is relevant and is a timely word for us right now. You've heard me say before that the storm you think is trying to destroy you is actually driving you into your destiny. So I believe God's going to take this storm and he's going to use a bad situation for the good of his people. So we're going to go back five years ago to a message that I preached that I really believe is going to speak to us right now. Now, I believe that for this reason. When the coronavirus first started, I became concerned about people and how they would cope with this quarantine, this stay-at-home order. As it, as it turns out, uh, my concerns were valid because we've seen an uptick in alcohol sales, uh, internet pornography. I'm sure that there's been an uptick in drug abuse and also domestic violence. So we're really concerned about where people are right now and their coping skills that they either have or they don't have. And so we're going to go back to this message titled, A Bruised Reed, that addresses the brokenness in people's lives. I believe it's a timely word. I believe this storm that we thought is trying to destroy us is driving us into our destiny. And I believe God is going to minister to people. So God bless you. Thank you again for being with us. Let's go into the message now, A Bruised Reed. You know, the Bible is a book filled with metaphors and symbols. Types and shadows. God was so kind to speak to us through word pictures to help us to understand. And so this morning we're going to go into the Gospel of Matthew and we're going to talk to you for a few minutes uh, about the bruised and broken lives of people. And we're going to uh, share with you a story. It's a classic, timeless message. that we're going to share with you this morning, but one that I believe will minister to many people in the house and that are watching on the web. But we do understand our dependency upon Holy Spirit. We equate success with prayer, and so we desperately need Him. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for Holy Spirit. And as we get ready to move into the message this morning, I pray that the anointing would be released for this moment now. May I speak a rhema word uh, under the spirit of prophecy to this group of people. May you minister to them and help them this morning. May true ministry take place today. May I not preach at them, but may I minister to them. Have your way, Holy Spirit. You know where we're broken, where we're bruised. You know where we're hurting. And I pray that 
with your gentle touch, your tender touch, that you would minister to those people in those places. We prayed in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Rodney, I had David sitting there next to you. I apologize. I had David on my mind, but it's Rodney Broussard. Bear with me, brother. The abusive spirit of the world has disfigured the souls of men. We see this every day. How the abusive spirit of the world is disfiguring people. The tragedy of this is understood when we discover that the soul of man is the artistic chamber of life. Out of the very soul of a person comes creativity and life, ideals, the entrepreneur, art, music, books, creativity. And this morning, I believe Holy Spirit sent me here to reconstruct, to restore the creative side of people. For in Psalms 23, verse 3, he said, you refresh, you refresh my soul. I believe Holy Spirit wants to restore people in this room right now so that you can leave here and live the life that God intended for you. And if you believe that this morning, say amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 12, let me pick up verses 15 through 21. Here the Bible is describing the servant that God chose, God's choice. This is the kind of servant that God is looking for. It's words taken out of the book of Isaiah. But it said, aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. Many followed him, and he healed all their sick, warning them not to tell who he was. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, the one I love in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick or a flickering wick he will not snuff out, till he leads justice to victory in his name. The nations will put their hope. We'll title this a bruised reed. We understand, according to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 7, that man should be careful with how he covers himself since he is the image and that image brings glory to God. So you see, it's important that we as Christians maintain our position of authority and honor for we are his reflection. The abusive spirit of the world wants to disfigure your soul. He wants to degrade you as a person. 
He doesn't want you to maintain authority and dignity because you are the reflection of God. You were created in his image. So we understand how destructive abuse is. It's a sin. It's a sin against the very image of God. Whether it's physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional maltreatment, or spiritual abuse. That's why child abuse is such a damnable thing. Because when someone in authority that a child looks up to, when they abuse that child, it not only disfigures that image of that person, but also of God himself. Oftentimes, children that were abused grow up to be adults that have a problem submitting to a masculine God. Childhood issues can become adulthood problems. And so we understand the disfigurement of the soul and the sin against the image. Satan will disfigure your image. And remember what he said, since you're the image and the glory of God, Satan will disfigure your image in order to rob God of his glory. Do you understand that Satan is not only trying to destroy you, but he's trying to degrade you, the image of God. He doesn't want your life to bring glory to God. He doesn't want your life to bring glory to him. And so he will do everything he can to degrade you. Abuse, sin, disfigures the soul. And our scripture here, the Bible is describing the type of servant that God is looking for. So it's one that we need to pay attention to. It's, it's a description of the chosen servant. And it says that a bruised reed he will not break, and a flickering or smoldering wick he will not snuff it out. During this time, there were reeds along the riverbank. It was called a calamos. A calamos is a reed with a jointed hollow stalk it grows 10 feet high or more on riverbanks or marshes. Livestock, as they were making their way down to the riverbank to drink, will trample the reed with their uh, extreme weight, and they will bruise it and crush it and bend it over. As you look at these reeds, you'll find that they're not necessarily broken as much as they're just crushed. And when you grab a reed, if you've ever done this, you know, growing up here in Southeast Texas, we have reeds and marshes and so forth. If you've ever grabbed a bruised or a crushed reed, you know that you have to be careful because it will splinter and it will pierce your hand. There's pain that will come to you. I've said to you before that wherever you find anger in a person's life, you will always find pain. The anger is just an expression of the pain itself. Oftentimes when I deal with angry people, I want to ask them, who hurt you? At what point in your life did you get crushed or did you get bruised? Like the reed, the calamos along the riverbank, as the livestock go down to make their way to the water and they trample you under and they crush you and bruise you and splinter you. At what point in your life did you get crushed under the weight of life? Wherever there's anger, you'll always find pain. The abusive spirit of the world has weakened and has disfigured the souls of men. 
disfigured them, weakened them, degraded them, bruised them, crushed them, splintered them. In Job chapter 24, verse 12, he said, the souls of the wounded cry out for help. We preached a message here several years ago called The Walking Wounded, and we spoke of this, where if you listen to people today in society, you'll hear the cries of the walking wounded. People today are broken and bruised and they're splintered. That's why you find so much anger in society today, whether it's road rage or whatever. You find there is so much anger with people today. It's because of their pain, the abuse of life, the challenges and the difficulties that they've gone through. Bruised people. It wasn't long ago we experienced the passing of Robin Williams. I just want to encourage you this morning. As you deal with people day in and day out, never let a fake smile silence the cry of a wounded soul. Never let a fake smile silence the cry that's coming from their wounded soul. It's not uncommon for us to come to church and we want to put our best foot forward. And so we'll, we'll greet one another and we say, how are you doing? And we always say, doing great. And we put on a fake smile because we want to put our best foot forward. We want people to think well of us. But the, the, the reality is that people are hurting. They're bruised. They're crushed. And they're dealing with issues. And if they're ever was a safe place for people to be honest and to bring out their issues, it should be in the church. Amen? You see, that's the problem with being super spiritual. Being super spiritual only intimidates people and it makes them feel less than. And what the super spiritual person failed to do was to tell you their reality, to share with you their reality. And they put on a fake smile and they hide behind it. But on the inside, they're dealing with stuff just like everyone else. And everybody said, amen. amen. So we see the disfigurement of the soul. Satan is trying his best to disfigure your soul, to degrade you, to pull you down. Because you're the image of God and your image brings glory to him. That's why he doesn't want you to prosper he doesn't want you to be in health. He doesn't want you to be whole. He doesn't want you to be well. He doesn't want you to have soundness of mind. He doesn't want you to live in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because when you do that, you bring glory to God. Listen, your prosperity, whether it be in soul or emotion or mind or, or resources or life in itself, whatever, relationships, your prosperity brings glory to God. It glorifies him. And the enemy hates it, the disfigurement of the soul. I said in the beginning that the soul is the artistic chamber of man. It's from there that Ideals come forth, creativity, art, music, books, so forth. It's the artistic chamber. You have to know that you were created to worship God. You were created to be a worshiper. And Lucifer hates you for that 
because you took the place of the morning star that fell from his lofty place. So he hates you for that. He hates the fact that you took his place. Lucifer despises and resents your act of worship. Romans 12, 1, this is your spiritual act of worship. We have to understand, remember that worship is not just what I do on Sunday morning. Worship is the life that I live. It is everything that I do. It is my life. I worship him with my life. I worship him with all that I am and all that I do. I worship him. It's a spiritual act of worship. And in our text, we see this situation where the reed, the calamos on the, on the riverbank has been crushed underneath the weight of the world. And now the reed was seemingly a useless object passed over by most except for one, the chosen servant as described here in Matthew 12. The chosen servant that has a tender touch. During this time, there was what was called a Khalil. Now, Khalil is a popular wind instrument a primitive clarinet consisting of two separate pipes made of a reed. They were used in the expression of joy and in mourning. A reed that was bruised or crushed was, was no longer uh, good, could no longer serve as a musical instrument because it was damaged. And so the music maker would bypass the reed that was crushed or bruised and would look for a reed that was whole and well, except for the chosen servant of Matthew chapter 12. You know, in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13, it says, a happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. And you have to know that Lucifer, who hates and despises you, Lucifer, his goal is to silence the creative, unique sound of your soul. The soul is the artistic chamber of man. Lucifer despises you because you took his place as a worshiper. So he wants to disfigure your soul. He wants to degrade you as a person because he wants to silence the artistic chamber of your life. He doesn't want your creativity to come forth. He doesn't want the unique sound of your life to come forth. And it's a unique sound. It's a sound only, that's unique only to you. And so he wants to silence your sound. The music chamber. You see, in the chamber of your soul, God is trying to write a new song. That's why he wants to crush your spirit, Proverbs 15. He wants to crush you. He wants to crush you down because God wants to write a new song. Psalms 108, verse 1, I will sing and make music with all my soul. With all of my soul. That's why in the church, we, don't, we, we should never be afraid of creativity. We should never be afraid of personality. God wants to take a personality and anoint it and use it for his glory. 
That's why we have to be careful when we try to change people's personalities. I understand that we all, know, we all need to go through transformation under the hand of Holy Spirit and be conformed to the image of Christ. But I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And God wants to use me as he made me. Amen? So we have to be careful with cookie-cutter Christians where every personality has to be the same. We have to understand people's uniqueness and celebrate that and let people be used by God as they are, their personality. The psalmist said, I will make music, I will sing, I will worship with my soul. Creativity that comes out of people. It's so, I get so excited when I see people get on a platform and for the glory of God, they're able to come underneath the anointing of Holy Spirit and God uses their personality to minister to people. Paul spoke of it when he said, all of his energy that is working within me, all of his energy, that means he wants to anoint your personality. He wants to anoint who you are and use you as you are to minister to people. And there's something about seeing personalities that are anointed by God, whether it's choleric, sanguine, uh, uh, phlegmatic, or melancholy, if you study the temperaments in that way, uh, regardless of what their personality is, there's something so powerful about seeing a sanguine that is uh, the life of the party and how they can bring joy into a moment, or a choleric who is a more directive and a, and a leader and how they provide leadership for the group, or a melancholy who can be very creative, an art, uh, artistic person, or a phlegmatic person who brings stability to a group and brings a steadiness and keeps us focused and steady, eddy, just plodding, plodding day in, day out to get things accomplished. There's something so unique about each one and how that God anoints them and out of their artistic chamber comes creativity and we see how that the body comes together to be a living organism that makes a difference in society. Yeah. I will make music with all my soul. You see, the enemy wants to crush you because he doesn't want your unique sound to come forth. Now remember in this time, the wind instrument a Khalil, a Khalil. Proverbs 18, 14 said, but who can bear a broken spirit? I've seen people throughout my ministry where their spirit was crushed. The Khalil was bruised. It was broken. And the sound wasn't coming forth. So sad. You see, Satan wants to destroy the creative side of you. Created in his image, God's image, you have to know that you're instinctively creative because the Bible says in the beginning, God, Elohim, created man. Elohim means creator God, creativity. Instinctively, you are creative, and we've spoken on this before, but you're instinctively creative. And so you should never be afraid to step out and to try new things and to express yourself and to be creative and to write, to paint, to, to, uh, to sing, to teach, to, to do whatever it is you feel called to do, whatever is natural to you, your creative side. You have to release that in the house because the church needs it. That's why we're trying so hard to restore the arts back to the church. 
Rather, it's painting or drawing or dancing or singing or public speaking or, or, or making film or writing songs or, 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 or musicians, whatever it is. The church needs to stop being afraid of creativity. We've allowed the world to rob creativity, the arts, and take it to Hollywood and pervert it. But the church needs to wake up and realize what we can do like war room when we just put our minds to it. To make movies, to write songs, to perform the arts, theater, the stage, and to do it for the glory of God. We can't be afraid of artistic expression to release the soul of man under inspiration of Holy Spirit. Fearfully and wonderfully was I made. And God the Father takes great pleasure in the expression of his children. You can take children and put them on a platform. We do it at Easter. We do it at Christmas. You put them on a platform. And regardless how bad they are, parents just go crazy. There are a thousand cameras going off. And then pictures are all over Facebook. And you think that we were, it was some, uh, I'm looking for it, just hold on for me. Just some amazing performer from Broadway. But we get so caught up in this. It's because there are children. How do you think Father God feels when you get up and you minister for him? For his glory. Think about it. Wow. Who can bear a broken spirit though? You see, you are a work of art. We know that. Art is the creative expression of an individual mind or minds. Ephesians 2, we've read this before. For we are God's workmanship. The word workmanship there means a work of art. For we are God's work of art. Elohim is creating you so he can create through you. He's creating you so he can create through you. He is working in you so he can work through you. We need to get freed up. Ephesians 4. And to put on the new self created to be like God. To put on the new self created to be like God. God. You are a work of art. So repeat after me. It's on the screen. Psalms 139 verse 14. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Here's the thing. We understand that true ministry takes place through my experience, through my brokenness, through the bruises of life. We understand that. People are interested in your testimony, not just a story. People are wanting to hear what you went through and how you came through it. Amen? People are not just interested in the knowledge that you've acquired but they want to know what you've experienced in life. Amen? 
You see, God would like to breathe in and through your brokenness. Let me say that again. God would like to breathe in and through your brokenness. A broken soul. Think about that. A broken soul. Breathe in and breathe through your brokenness. John chapter 20, verse 22. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. The word breathed here in the Greek means blow in, infuse. In classical Greek, it signified blowing in as was done in playing a flute. It signified as blowing in. When he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, it was like blowing into a flute, a wind instrument. The same verb is used in Genesis 2-7 where it said God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living sound, a living soul. So here's the statement for you this morning. The fractured soul becomes an artistic chamber through which the breath of God passes creating a unique sound that only that soul can create. Now think of that. Guys, put that picture back on the screen of the broken soul. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And in the Greek, it signifies the blowing as into a flute that makes a unique sound because of the openings, the fractures, the breaks, the places in the flute where the sound, where the wind can pass through that creates a sound that's unique to that instrument. So God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. He wants to breathe into you and then through your fractures and your broken places comes a very unique sound that's only, that's very unique to you because you're broken in places like no one else is broken. And so each person is able to reproduce a very unique sound through the fractures and the broken places of their lives. So this morning, I want you to understand that everything that you've been through and everything that you're going through is actually uh, uh, it's shaping and it's molding you into that new creation that we spoke of. God's making you to a new creation and everything that you've been through, God's going to use it. I'm not saying that everything is good. The Bible did not say all things are good that happen to God's people. It said God will work the good. Not everything is good. All things work to the good for those that fear the Lord. Not that everything is good, but all things will work to the good. So you get bruised, you get crushed, you get fractured, you get hurt, and you feel devastated in the moment, and rightfully so. But over time, as the story turns into a testimony, and it leaves that scar, it's through that fractured place, it's through that broken place, that a unique sound will come as a wind instrument does. So you, he breathes into you. 
He said, he breathed on them and said, now receive what I'm giving you. The word receive there in the Greek means to take hold of, to grasp. So I'm here this morning to say, receive this word. Reclaim your soul and reclaim your life. You say, pastor, I've been crushed. I've been bruised. I've been broken. That's okay. That's okay. Where most musicians would pass you by, the servant of, of Matthew 12 has a very tender touch and he said, a bruised reed he will not break. But he will pick up that bruised reed and he will use it for his glory. He'll use it to make a difference. He will pour himself in and through you and there's a unique sound that's gonna come through the fractured places of your life. With each fracture, there comes a new sound. Psalms 43, he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise. Matthew 10, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. So understand that what doesn't break you, what is it makes you better? Understand that the fractures and the broken places, those places are going to actually be used by God to make this very unique sound. So you, as a Christian, can... Stand up and tell hell, do your worst, and in that, I will become my best. Do your worst. For every lick I take, for every broken places, for every fracture, for every bruise, for every lick I take, God's going to take that, and he's going to use that to create a very unique sound that's in my life. So we see, we see the disfigurement of the soul, the degrading of mankind and what Satan's trying to accomplish. We see that. He's after the artistic chamber of my life and the creativity that God wants to release through me. And where other people will pass me by, where other people will walk away from me and say, he's bruised, he's broken, he's fractured, he's shattered, no value, no use, can't use him. The master musician of Matthew 12, will pick me up and with his tender hands, a bruised reed he will not break and he will restore me and he'll say to me, I can use your broken places to make a unique sound, a sound that only you can make. Whether you express that through writing, worship, music, art, witnessing, testifying, serving, whatever you do, suddenly your life, through your family, through your job, through your ministry, through your neighborhood, in the marketplace, wherever you are, suddenly your life becomes an instrument. Spiritual act of worship, Paul said. And Holy Spirit goes, And then through your fractures, your broken places, the cracks, suddenly there's a sound that no one else on planet earth can make. That's why the Bible says when you compare yourselves with one another, it's foolish. No one can preach like me. No one can sing like Adam. No one can teach like you. Because there's only one. And you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And there's a sound. There's a sound. 
There's a sound that's going to come through your life. And understand this. Remember the scripture. When we come into a place of agreement, he said, the word agreement in the Greek is symphonio, before we get our word symphony from. Whenever you stifle or repress your sound, there's something missing in our symphony as cathedral. We need every instrument in the house letting Holy Spirit blow through them and through their fractured places. Because as we all take our place, as we all take our chair in the symphony, and we all allow Holy Spirit to blow through us, suddenly there's a symphonic sound that comes that can knock down the walls of Jericho. So we need you. We need your sound. You say, Pastor, I can't preach like you. I can't play like Adam. I can't sing like Elizabeth. I can't do like this. I can't do. Well, look, you're not supposed to. It's not what you're called to do. You're called to be you, uniquely you, with all of your good, bad, and ugly, all of it. God wants to take it all, and he'll mix it in, and he says, I can use you with all the good, the bad, and the ugly that you've been through in life. He says, I can take that. And I can work the good in all situations. Yeah. Anna, come help me. Speaking of the reed, it was once written. It stood with assurance, head held high on strong stalk. But that was before the careless bump, the harsh rain, Now it's bruised, bent, and weakened. It seeks gentle fingers to straighten and not break. It needs a firm touch to heal and not to hurt. Tender power, soft strength. Is there such a hand? There are people in here this morning and perhaps on the web that you have been through so much that has now become too much. And people come to church and we often hide behind masks. We hide behind fake smiles because we're afraid. We're afraid of being mishandled. We're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of being misunderstood. What will people think of me if they know that I went through this or I experienced that or I had this happen to me? So often, we as people, we hide things because we don't feel safe in the church. But if there ever was a place that should be safe, it's here. It's non-condemning. A place of hope, a place of healing. It should be here, in this place right here. And so this morning, you may be a person that's saying, Pastor, you you don't know what I've been through. You don't understand where I'm fractured. You don't understand the hurt that I've had, the abuse, the pain. You don't understand. But I want you to know that he does. And where you may be afraid of being mishandled or rejected, you have to understand that The servant of Matthew 12 will never abuse you. He has a tender touch. He said, 
a bruised reed, he will not break. And just like this flute right here, this flute is not a solid pipe. If it was, it wouldn't make a sound. But because it's broken and fractured and there's holes in it, and there's places where the wind can escape, because of that, it makes a sound that no other instrument can make. And so you have to know this morning that there is one that has a tender touch. For it says in Psalms, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So if you're here this morning and you say, I'm broken and I'm crushed, then you're the very one that he wants to be close to. If you say, Pastor, how do you get close to God? Get close to the hurting and you'll find him. You say, Pastor, where can a man find God? You can find him among the crushed and the broken. If you want to know where Jesus would be today, if he walked planet earth, he'd be with those that have been crushed and broken. The bruised reed. That's who he, he ministered to then and that's who he would minister to now. And you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I've been fractured and broken and bruised. Well, you're the very one that Holy Spirit sent me today to speak to. Because the Bible said, a bruised reed, he will not break. I want the prayer team to come. They're going to line up across the front. And we're going to help you this morning. Now, I've asked this group of people if they would be transparent, if they would be vulnerable here this morning. I asked them if they would to write one word on this poster board that would express something that they'd been through. Now the reason I did this is because in Job chapter 16 and verse four, it says, I also, Job speaking, could speak as you do if your soul were in my soul's place. Now leave that on the screen for just a moment. If your soul were in my soul's place, then I would probably feel the way you do. You see, people are looking for someone that understands where they've been, that's been in their soul's place. So I've asked them to write something down and they're gonna hold it up. They're gonna hold it up so you can see it. Give me one. Hold this one up. Hold it up high. Healed. So if you're sick this morning, now understand being sick may mean physical, mental, or emotional. Here's someone that can identify with you and say, hey, I can pray with you. Give me another one. Someone that can, here's when it says forgiveness. You're here this morning. You say, mm, pastor, you don't understand what I did. Okay, but God does and he cares and there's a place for forgiveness. How about another one? Here's one holding up high. Prodigal, prodigal children. You say, I'm here this morning, pastor, and like the prodigal son in the book of Luke, I've wandered away from the father's house and I've wasted my life, but I'm ready to come home. Here's someone that can understand that and that can pray with the prodigal son. How about another one? Hold it up high. Come on, guys, you're being bashful. Hold them up. Addiction. You're, you have an addictive personality. Your addiction can be 
chemical. It can be uh, to a number of things. But you're, you're, you're having problems with addiction. Here's a guy that can pray with you. Here's one that says poverty, sickness again, betrayal. These are people that are in your soul's place. They understand what you're going through. You see, I was never a drug addict. So I'm not one that can really minister effectively to someone like Jason could because Jason has lived that life. And so you're here this morning. Guys, hold them up. Here's one here. It's fear. Fear of man. Fear of rejection. Fear of failure. What are you afraid of? Fear, the Bible says, is tormenting. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I'm afraid and I'm tired of being afraid. Then we're here this morning. We're going to help for you. So now, guys, everybody, if you're not praying with somebody, hold up your signs one more time. Hold them up high. Now, you're in the audience. I want you to find your soul place. Soul place. Soul place. Soul place. Soul place. Find the one that's in your soul place. And that's the line you want to get in. And they're going to help you this morning because there's a master musician that's here that has a tender touch and he will not, he will not break a bruised reed. Thank you for listening to the Cathedral Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit icathedral.org.